Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. And thank you guys for being here tonight. I'm really excited to preach to you tonight. It's going to be really good. If you feel uncomfortable, just take a deep breath and soak it in. It's going to be totally fine. Because we're talking actually tonight about addiction and how to be free. And this wasn't really on my radar, but then Sunday morning, Brother Les stood up here. And the Spirit of God prompted him to talk to the young people in the room. And he said, young people, if you're starting to fool around with things that are addictive, just don't. Stay free of that stuff. So my ears perked right up because I love you guys. And I'm not standing here to accuse you of anything whatsoever. I believe the church is the safest place in the world and should be the safest place in the world to come and unload some of these heavy things sometimes that we deal with, sometimes these embarrassing things that we deal with, or even things that are really dark that are going on in our minds and in our lives. The church is the place to come clean about those and find freedom. You can go to therapy. You can go to a counselor. That's fine. But God has created the church as the place that you can come and find a safe place and a safe person to talk to and even beyond that to find freedom in the midst of all that so brother Les said that and I know he hears from God so when I was praying about what to talk about tonight that's what I was led to to talk about so tonight we're going to talk about how to be free and I want to start in Galatians 5 verse 1 tonight because you have to realize this truth no matter what you're dealing with from now till the day you die God has made a way for you to be free and you're created to live free. And although some of these difficult things uh, are very human and we could say they're part of the human experience, we are not created to just live a human experience. We are humans, but when we are saved, we are then enabled to live the life that God has made for us, which is far beyond just the human experience. So none of this carries shame because yes, we all deal with things like this, but we don't have to continue to deal with things like this to stay there is to live completely outside of what God has provided for us. So that's what I want to say to you tonight. It's not that just freedom is available. I want to say to you, freedom can be easy. Freedom can be instantaneous. Freedom can be lasting. And freedom is the way that you were designed to live. So even if you say, I'm not struggling with addiction, but I really struggle in my mind. This is for you too. There's freedom for your mind. There's freedom from every single thing you deal with, whether it's insecurity or it's actual substance addiction or it's just things like depression and anxiety. There's absolute freedom. And even I've lost sight of this before because sometimes we're talking about those things so much, which that's great. I'm glad that it's acceptable to talk about those things and be more open now. But sometimes the way we're talking about them is just so accepting that we don't take the next step into moving beyond them. It's great to talk about it. It's great to open up. We're going to talk about that tonight because that needs to happen. But to me, that's really step one. (laughs) That's not the end. And if we just stop there to talk about depression, anxiety, addiction, anything like that, then we're missing the freedom part. Talking about it doesn't bring freedom. It absolutely doesn't. It can make you feel less alone. It can bring a bit of comfort. But we are designed to live completely free. This is what Galatians says. So Christ has set us truly free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't go get tied up again in slavery to the law. So God made a way for you to be completely free. When he died and he rose again, you were made completely free. But what does he say? Make sure that you stay free. 
I'm going to talk to you tonight about how to get free, but also how to stay free because you can be changed tonight. You can be set free tonight. We can have a powerful time tonight, but if you don't do what it takes to stay free, you won't be free tomorrow and you won't be free next week and you won't be free next year. So Christ has truly set us free, but I'm here to make sure that you stay free and you don't get tied up again. And we need to realize this too. Listen to me. I'm going to talk to you super serious and I'm going to risk sounding very old, but I don't care because I know everyone says this to young people, but things that are addictive, it's not fun and games. You know what I'm saying? I know a lot of people who think that their drugs and alcohol and stuff is just, just for fun on the weekends. It's no problem. I show up at my job Monday. I show up at school Monday. My grades are really good. It's just to take the edge off on the weekends. It's just for fun. But here's what the Bible says, Romans 6, 23. He's saying, hey, pay attention. This is really serious because the wages of sin is death, period. There's actually a comma there, but I'm going to say period for a second. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Listen to me. The wages of sin is death. And the devil knows that his goal is to bring death into your life, okay? But he's not going to dress it up as death. And it's going to start fun. That's why people who love drugs love drugs because it starts fun. That's why people who like to drink like to drink because they find fun in it, right? It starts fun, but the Bible's very clear. Listen, the wages of sin is death. So just because it doesn't bring death day one doesn't mean that it's not bringing death. When I plant an apple tree, if I planted a seed today, I can't go out and pick an apple tomorrow. I may have to wait, I don't even know, 10, 15, 20 years. I didn't research this. (laughs) I'm gonna have to wait years. (laughs) But the same thing is true in our lives. The devil is smart enough to play the long game. If he can't kill you today, if he can't trick you into doing something really stupid tomorrow, he'll work his way up to it for the next 10 years until you're in a place that it can't be turned around and without divine intervention. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to bring glory to the devil, but the wages of sin is death. And addiction often ends in literal physical death. But even though I'm looking at all of you who are sitting here alive tonight, death can manifest in other ways in your life. It can look like this, depression, anxiety, right? That's the death of mental health, torment, obtrusive and obsessive thoughts, compulsive behaviors. All of these are manifestations of death. And when those things start to show up, the process has begun. You're getting into an area where things are happening in your life that are going to be hard to get under control. And I'll go as far as to say you won't be able to get it under control without God and outside help both. There is a place where I can go so far that I can't turn it. Now, God can turn it. But when I let those things take my mind to a place, God can't reach my mind in that place. My spirit can't reach me when I'm in that place because I've allowed those things to carry my mind so far that now I will require God and outside help. So if you're there tonight, that's okay. We've got you in there's freedom. But if you're even in the beginning stages of some of this with anything, okay, drugs, alcohol, marijuana in any form, any kind of vaping, any kind of smoking, pornography and sex addiction, eating disorders, any of this. You might feel like right now it's at a place you can control it. And maybe you can. That's what the devil's letting you think, right? Maybe you can choose whether or not you want to do that today or not, right? Maybe that's where you're at right now. But the wages of sin is death. So if you look for the red flags, you'll see that death is manifesting in one way or another, right? 
a lot of times it's just at first anxiety that someone might find out, right? When I'm doing something I'm not supposed to be, I have a lot of anxiety that other people will find out. That's death starting. Because what does that make me do? Isolate myself. If I'm scared that you might find out the truth about me, the easiest way to avoid that is to not be around you, right? Not talk to you, not hang out with you, uh, stay away from you. So the wages of sin is death. And that manifests in many different ways. But Romans 6.14 says this. Sin is no longer your master. For you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. And I love this verse because it talks about sin and grace. And it's interesting because those actually manifest in the same results. Kind of weird to think about it that way. But sin will cover you up and change you until you don't recognize yourself. You're not yourself anymore. But grace will also cover you up and change you until you don't recognize yourself anymore. And you're not yourself anymore, which is the best way to be. I am not who I used to be. And I'm, I don't say this arrogantly, but I'm in a place I never could have dreamed I would be. It's not because I'm amazing. It's not because I'm great. It's not because I'm talented. And it's not because I did everything right. But it is because I received God's grace. I let go of sin. I've been in places where sin was making me act like someone I'm not. But now I'm able to live in a way that grace allows me to live like someone who's so much better than I am. <laughs> I have so many benefits in my life that I don't deserve. So when we see that there, sin is no longer your master, but now you live under the freedom of grace. Realize sin and grace will have the same results in your life. Just as much as God and his grace can change you, so can sin in its works. That's what that's going to accomplish in your life. It will cover you up until you don't recognize yourself. But there's hope because even if you're in a dark place, even if you're in a bad place, even if you're doing things no one knows about, hey, grace can cover you up and change you into a person that you won't even recognize. And that is the hope of the gospel. And I want to say, out of Romans 6, 12 through 14, it's a little bit of a longer passage, but it's going to get us going into the things we're going to look at tonight. It says this. That means that you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourself wholeheartedly and full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead. No big deal. You've been raised from the dead. So throw yourselves wholeheartedly and full time into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. And I'll say the same addiction can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. And even if that's not your reality tonight, it can be. And that's why we're here. So I want to encourage you tonight. There's a real tangible help available from the word of God for addiction. And maybe you're not someone who's sitting here with a pill problem tonight. But I think all of us have things in our life that we just can't seem to shake sometimes. I had that in my heart for you guys tonight. Again, I'm not accusing you of anything. This is the safest place for you to come and get help. But if there's things you can't shake, if there's something you keep going back to, a relationship or a person, a habit you just can't stop doing, that's what I want to talk about. So don't sit there and say, like, well, I'm not an addict, you know, I don't have a dealer, I don't care. Let's look at all those little things in our life and just get completely free tonight because that's what's available. So my message tonight is very simply titled, How to Be Free, and I'm going to walk you through that tonight. Is that okay? Awesome. How to be free. Number one, you need to tell someone and be accountable. Because addiction isolates you. Tell someone and be accountable because addiction isolates you. 
And we see support for this in Proverbs 18.1. It says, a man who isolates himself, seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. I'm here to give you some wisdom tonight. I don't care if you feel like you can do it on your own, don't try, because you can't. And I also can't, and there's no shame in that, but we can't save ourselves. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need our church family. A man who isolates himself rages against all wise judgment. So I want to encourage you tonight, tell someone and be accountable because addiction isolates you. The power of isolation is that it tells you you're the only one when you are really one of millions. Everything that you have experienced, even if it's been major tragedy, even if you don't know anyone else in your life who's experienced that, millions of people have. The earth has been around for a long time, and I'm not minimizing what you went through, but I am telling you the truth that you're not the first, and you won't be the last, and it's not just you. So let that encourage you tonight. Whatever you struggle with, someone else does too. And there's someone in this church who has too, I guarantee it. So you need to tell someone and be accountable. Now, don't tell everyone, but tell someone. Tell someone who can help you. Let me take this a step further. Don't tell your peers. You can, but your peers won't be able to help you. When I need real help, I go to people who are about 20 to 30 years down the road of life ahead of me. Because at that point, they, they dealt with this a long time ago, and they can look back and make it easy for me. And they can laugh when I'm sitting there and crying instead of just say, yes, it's okay. We all deal with that. You're going to be all right. You know what I'm saying? The Bible says this in 1 Timothy 5.1. I love it. Never speak harshly to an older man, but appeal to him respectfully as you would your own father. I want to bring this out because it's talking about in the church, treat the older men as fathers and the older women as mothers. So when you go to get accountable, I think it's great for you to go to a life group leader, but I'll be honest, if some of you came to me, depending on what you were struggling with, I would pray for you, I'd be invested in you, and I would help you, and I would also take you to a church mother or father that I know has been down that road before, because there's somebody in this church who's been through what you've been through, but maybe not me, but we have men and women in this church who are living free from addiction. Some of them you know about, some of them you probably don't know about, but we need the church father and mother. So don't run and just blab all your business to your best friend who's in the same boat as you and can make you feel good by listening, but has no real answers. Not shading your friends. I love you guys. And I love my friends, but it's wisdom to seek out accountability from people who are older than you. And this is part of the beauty of the church. God set us up as a family. He put people in this church for a reason. I need people like Stephen Dolores Gearing. I need Les and Mary Flock. It doesn't mean I hang out with them every weekend or even know them really well. They don't feel like I'm their best friend, but they're the church, like mothers and fathers. I need them. I need their wisdom, but even more than that, I need their help. When things are going badly in my life and I'm in a place where I don't know what to do, tell someone and seek out a church mother or father. And if you're not comfortable doing that on your own, start with the life group leader and they'll help you and your life group leaders can offer help I 100% believe that but we are an entire church family and there's people in this family who are called to help you and I want to bring out why it's so important to do this addiction isolates you so you need to tell someone but in John 1 5 it kind of says it this way this light never fails to shine through darkness light the darkness could not overcome so the Bible's talking about Jesus here, right? Through Jesus, we have light that darkness can't overcome. But one thing uh, that is an earmark of addiction is darkness, right? 
in every way, darkness. And when things stay in darkness, they're able to grow and get really nasty. Have you guys ever forgotten something wet in a dark place? (laughs) Things grow and get really nasty and start to smell because it's in the dark. Things can grow in the dark. That's why there's darkness with addiction and darkness with isolation because that allows things to grow. If I can take you off and get you in the dark, those thoughts can grow, those behaviors can grow, those strongholds can grow. Things can grow and get really nasty in the dark. So we need to bring them to the light. That's what I'm doing when I'm telling someone what I'm dealing with. I'm not just airing my dirty laundry. I'm going to them for help, but I'm bringing it into the light. If you can look at it that way, as soon as dark things are exposed to light, they begin to lose their power. It says darkness cannot overcome this light. When you bring your issues and your addictions and your struggles into the light of the word of God, they can't continue to grow. They have to stop. They have to change. They have to start diminishing. If you need to change those things, you need to get them into the light. Addiction isolates you to keep you in darkness because in darkness, it's concealed and it can grow. But when you bring it into the light, it loses its power. So the first thing tonight, tell someone and be accountable. Addiction isolates you. So find the church fathers, find the church mothers and get that stuff into the light. And you'll be shocked when you go to people, like I said, who will very kindly laugh at you because you feel like your world is ending. And they're like, oh, I've been there seven times. It's going to be fine. (laughs) It's going to be fine. I'm 70 years old, and I can tell you it's going to be fine. And there's so much peace in that. The second thing I want to say is do what you know is right because addiction changes your behavior. Do what you know is right because addiction changes your behavior. And in Philippians 2 12 through 14, it says it like this. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. And here's the key part. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Addiction changes your behavior. So if you're wanting to change your desires and your behaviors, this verse gives us a key. It starts with obeying God. If you obey God with deep reverence and fear, it says he will work in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That means he changes what you want to do, and he gives you the strength to actually do the right thing. Addiction makes you feel like you are powerless to change your behavior. Addiction changes your behavior. So if you want to find freedom, you're going to have to obey God. And I'm going to even bring that down to a simple level of just saying, do what you know is right. Because when you obey him, you'll have the desire and the power to change your behavior. And if you want to change your desires and your behaviors, start with obeying God. The things that I have said forever, the things you've heard your whole life if you grew up here, read your Bible every day, pray every chance you get, listen to worship music. I'm going to stay on this for like five seconds. Listen to me. I don't listen to music that's not worship music anymore. And it's not because I'm a good Christian, but it's because of what it does for my life. I came to a place where I just couldn't, I couldn't, I can't stand to hear junk anymore. Doesn't mean I don't like to have fun. Many of you in this room know that I love to have fun and I'm great at playlists. Those are for special occasions. That's not what I'm listening to all day, every day in my car, because that's not what I need to be hearing all day, every day in my car. But I had to just grow into this and find some maturity to say, you know what? When I listen to music that's not worship music, it has an influence on me, and it's not a good influence. Even if it's just making me crabby, 
right? Even if it's just making me kind of grouchy, even if it's just putting me in a place where I don't hear God speak as well or where I have less of a desire to pray. Listen, when worship music is on in my car, I want to pray. When Nicki Minaj is on in my car, I'm not thinking about praying. It's that simple and that goofy, but it's maturity to say, okay, this isn't like ruining my life, but it's not bringing me closer to God. It's not putting me in a place right now to hear his voice. And if you're dealing with some kind of addiction, you're going to have to make those little decisions to do what's right because there's power in those things. And when you obey God, in those things, he'll give you the strength to do what's right. Listening to worship music, going to church, right? Hanging out with the right people, right? All of these little things that are boring and they're not flashy and they're not new and we've heard them a million times, that's fine. But if you're not doing them, they're not working. And if you're kind of doing them, they're not working. And if you're sometimes doing them, they're also not working. (laughs) These are daily principles and daily habits of a Christian. Addiction is often described as a habit, right? Habit forming drugs. They had a drug habit. They had this kind of habit, a pornography habit, a this habit. If you have habits of addiction, you're going to have to change your habits. And the thing about addicts is that they're consistent, right? They can't go long without using. You're going to have to change that habit, and you're going to have to get to a place where you can't go long without reading your Bible, and you can't go long without praying, and you can't go long without listening to worship music because it's worth it. Do you want to be free? Then do what you know is right. It's not a magic pill, and it's not a list of 10 things that will, you know, are magical or like whatever. It's the simple things of the Word of God that work. And if you want to change your behavior, you're going to have to do what you know is right. Because I love that in this verse. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear will cause Him to work in you and give you the desire and the power to do what's right. That's amazing. That's a miracle that God can change not only what I want to do, but give me the strength to do the right things that I want to do. That's miraculous, and that's freedom. So do what you know is right. The third thing is to renew your mind because addiction alters your thinking. It doesn't just change your behavior. It changes your thinking. And it says this in Romans 12, 1 and 2. So, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he'll find acceptable. This is the way to truly worship him. Here's the part I want to focus on, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So when I say renew your mind, I just mean what that verse said, change the way you think, right? We know in the old King James Bible, it says renew your mind. And in our newer translations, it say change the way you think. So I want to say it it talks about sin and grace here again, really, because when it says don't be conformed to the world, it's saying don't be changed by sin. But be transformed means be changed by grace. Don't be changed by sin, but be changed by grace. Again, both have the same outcome. You will definitely be changed if you encounter either one, sin or grace. He's telling you what to do. Don't be changed by sin, but rather be changed by grace by changing the way you think or renewing your mind. And I want to put this in really practical terms for you. It comes down to making sure that it's two versus one in the right way. And here's what I mean. The Bible tells us you are a three-part being. One, two, three. You're a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. Every single person on this planet is made up of three parts. You've got two different sides. Your spirit always wants to do what's right. 
And your flesh always wants to do what's wrong. So your spirit is over here and your body is over here. That's two different people on the opposite ends here, right? And we have one guy left in the middle. That's our mind. When I renew my mind, I allow my mind to side with my spirit. And when it's two versus one, my spirit's going to win. But in the same way, if my mind is not renewed to the word of God, my spirit has no strength. I haven't fed it. I haven't spent time with God. So it is not able to side the way, or my mind, excuse me, is not able to side with my spirit. It has to side with my flesh, which it does by default. Your flesh always wants to do the wrong thing, and your mind always wants to do what it's trained to do. So if you have a habit or addiction, you have trained your mind to do the wrong thing inside with your body every time. That's why you feel like you can't stop and you can't control those impulses. You can't because it's two versus one. You've got your two guys on the wrong side of the equation here. So you've got to step in and bring that middleman of the mind over to the side of your spirit by renewing your mind, changing the way you think with the word of God. That's where those daily habits come in, listening to good podcasts. Every time I listen to a preaching podcast or a message, I am changing the way I think to side with the word of God so that my mind can follow my spirit and not my flesh. That means my flesh can be as loud as it wants. It can do, try to do everything it wants to do. It can tell me what it feels like doing. It can have a bad attitude. It can have compulsions and uh, like it can do whatever. It can have urges. It can have whatever. Withdrawals. It can do whatever it wants. But if I've got my mind over here with my spirit, my flesh can't win. That takes work. It takes doing what you know it's right. It takes feeding it with the word of God because you're feeding your mind something all day long. You are renewing your mind to something every day. Are you renewing it to TikTok or are you renewing it to the word of God, right? What am I looking at? I've been really open with having to get off social media, and it's embarrassing. But it's important to me to tell you that because I can't renew my mind to that stuff. I hear God speak to me way less when I'm on social media for two or three hours a day. That's the bottom line. I'm not against social media. I've told you I love social media, but it is not good for me, and it renews my mind to the wrong things. If my mind starts to drift, my spirit is losing power because I'm moving that middle man over to the other team, and that's a place I can't afford to be. So you are going to have to renew your mind and change the way you think because addiction alters your thinking, and it moves your mind over to the side of the flesh in an accelerated way, right? Chemically, addiction changes your thinking. (laughs) Addiction does things to your body and your brain that aren't good, but it can be healed by renewing your mind to the word of God. And the other thing I want to say is that you have to renew your mind to who you really are because addiction brings shame and it will try to tell you that you're someone you're not, right? Why do we isolate ourselves when we're in sin? Why do we withdraw? Because we're ashamed, because we know that's bad, and we don't want people to know that's who we are, right? Because that stuff talks to us loud. You're disgusting. You're weak. You're terrible. You're nasty. You're never going to get better. You're never going to be fixed. You're always going to be damaged. You might be dangerous. You might be this. You might be that. Addiction talks to you, and it will try to tell you that you're someone you're not. So there is value in renewing your mind because it tells you who you really are. And that's how you're going to turn out to be a person living in grace, saying, I never thought I could be here. I never thought I could do this. I never thought I would have this. Well, it's just because I renewed my mind to see who I really am. And I want to say something out of 2 Corinthians 5.17. In the New Living, it says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. 
This is really a powerful realization for addicts that you are a new person. And take this the right way. I'm not um, throwing shade at any kind of recovery program, anyone who's in recovery. I am so um, just in admiration of people who are in recovery and who chose, chose to, to get help and change their life and make their life better. But I don't like hearing people say that I'm an addict, right? Oh, I've been in recovery for 36 years. That's amazing. That's worth celebrating. And I'm not shading that. But the Bible takes things a step further to a way better place and says, you are a new person. You are a brand new person. You're not an addict and you're not in recovery. You're a new person. You're free. And that doesn't just happen when we get saved. It can happen every single day through the blood of Jesus and by the grace of God. Every day. So things can be changed for you tonight, and you will be a new person tomorrow. And I love this. Dr. Jacobs has said this a million times, and it's in his book on the blood of Jesus. He says he's not a former addict. I'm not Michael Jacobs, the former addict. I'm, that man died. That former addict is no longer living. That Michael Jacobs is no longer living. I am a new person and a new creation in Christ Jesus. So you are going to have to be willing to let that part of you die. Don't carry that part. Don't carry that man with you through life. I don't want to carry who I used to be with me through life. I'm not going to go far if I'm trying to drag that behind me. I'm not going to move fast. I'm not going to take ground. My progress will be slow. Why? Because I'm dragging an old, crusty version of myself behind me that's dead. Imagine if I was dragging a dead body behind me and I had to run a race. I would be quite slow and arrested quickly. Okay? Don't drag a dead body behind you. It says, the old man is gone and a new life has begun. You're a new person and you can take advantage of that as many times as you need to in your life. As many times. So that's one of the, the biggest keys, I think, with renewing your mind is it allows you to really let that old man be dead and say, that is not me anymore. There's no part of me that thinks like that. There's no part of me that acts like that. And God literally says, that person is dead so you don't have to identify with that I don't have to be an addict in recovery forever I can be a free person who walks with Jesus and brings help and hope to others and again please hear my heart I'm not criticizing uh, people who say that or, or some of that language I, this isn't meant to be critical or put people down whatsoever because they've accomplished a lot and it's worth celebrating but I just want to encourage you, there's a further step to take than just being in recovery. It's being a new person, being made alive, and that old person and that addiction being dead to where you don't even identify that. It's like someone that you never knew. They're dead. Dr. Jacob says, I am not that person. I don't know him. He's dead. And we can do the same through Jesus. And the last thing I want to say to you tonight is to be free, you're going to have to receive deliverance. Because addiction brings enslavement. Receive deliverance because addiction brings enslavement. And the simple definition of deliverance, that's a churchy word in our circle, right? Deliverance, receive deliverance, he got delivered. What does that mean? Deliverance just means the act of being rescued or set free. You are going to have to be set free. And 
I think that this could occur between you and Jesus, but I will say most times it doesn't because with this stuff, people get so covered up and so deep and, and into such a dark place that they, they really don't even believe in their heart they can connect with Jesus and receive that. That's why a lot of times a third party is involved. It's not that I'm anything special or really any preacher is anything special. If someone lays hands on you and you receive deliverance, that's great. Uh, but a lot of times that's just required because when you're in a dark place, you are unable to connect with God the way that you're created to. So deliverance is the act of being rescued or set free. And it's not weird. Jesus did it all the time. The New Testament church did it all the time. And it's one of the greatest, man, well, I hate to say like successes of the devil. I don't want to give him credit, but it seems as though he's done a pretty good job at removing deliverance from the church, which is a problem because I don't personally know of any other place where I can go and be rescued and set free on a spiritual and soul level, which is very important and kind of will kickstart all this. It's the last thing I'm talking about because I want to pray for you all tonight, but really it can be the catalyst in the beginning of all these other steps. So deliverance is the act of being rescued or set free. And in Luke 10, it says this. When the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to Jesus, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them, I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. So he's saying don't get arrogant. Don't get wrapped up in the fact that evil spirits obey you. But evil spirits obey us. That's the part I want to bring out in this tonight. It's not weird to talk about evil spirits. People like talking about angels but not demons. And if you believe in one, you need to believe in the other because they are hands in hand. They were originally the same being. So it's not weird to talk about demons or spirits or evil spirits or whatever. Don't let that make you uncomfortable. It's perfectly normal. It's all throughout the Bible. And it's a great scheme of the devil to try and cover that up from the church where we only talk about, hey, things on the good side, but there are these things on the dark side that are trying to destroy our lives. Happy May the 4th, the dark side. <laughs> Threw that in there. <laughs> so don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you, but evil spirits will obey you. And that's what I want to say to you tonight. Freedom is available because evil spirits will obey me tonight. Maybe you don't feel like you're in a place where evil spirits are going to obey you right now. And maybe you're covered up. That's okay. They're going to obey me. And I want to talk to you for a second and say that where there is addiction, there is demonic activity. It's not just something biological that happens. It's something very spiritual. It goes beyond what happens to your body and your mind, and it opens the door to spiritual activity to occur in a negative way. Again, this isn't weird. It's biblical, okay? Hang with me. The church a lot of times has stopped talking about this. Where there is addiction, there is demonic activity. So when you're taking substances that you put in you and they leave your mind in an altered state, your mind is open to influence from evil spirits. Your mind was designed to be influenced by spirits, but it needs to be influenced by the Holy Spirit and by the angelic spirit, okay? Things like worship open us up to influence from the Holy Spirit and angelic spirits, right? Things like fellowshipping with God, prayer, and the Bible. Those things are not just physical acts. They're spiritual because they open us up to a way that we're able to be influenced by the Holy Spirit and the angels, the angelic spirits, okay? If that is true on the good side, then we can easily believe on the other side. When I'm doing things that alter my mind, I am now opening a door to where evil spirits can move because I'm designed to be influenced by spirits. I'm just designed to be influenced by the right ones is what I was created for. But if I open myself up to the wrong things, I can be influenced to the wrong ones. And this is why I am not a fan. I'll just say this, and this is... Um, 
I love you, and I'm telling you this because this is wisdom, and I'm not saying this to be against anyone and what they do whatsoever, okay? But this is why I am incredibly against Christians drinking at all, at all, period, because the Bible consistently says, hey, that's not wise. Hey, be aware, that's not wise. Hey, watch yourself, that's not wise, that's not wise, that's not wise. Why is it unwise? Because it influences my mind and leaves me open to spirits that are not the Holy Spirit and the angels. God does not speak to me while I'm drinking. He speaks to me while I'm praying. So I don't ever, ever, ever want to put myself in a situation to open myself up to any spiritual activity that is not from God. So that is why I don't even want to go near that. I'm not criticizing people. A lot of people have been taught differently and believe differently, and I understand that completely. But I want to say this to you out of wisdom tonight that, hey, don't, don't let some kind of menial little simple thing open you up to spirits that aren't right and put you under the influence of something. Just like people say, I don't know, people are just like, well, it's not a big deal just to have a glass of wine, but it's not a big deal to not have a glass of wine. Like that gets on my last nerves. If it's not a big deal, why are we getting hung up on it and arguing over it? It's not a big deal. If it's not a big deal, don't do it. You know what I'm saying? I feel like it's maybe a big deal if you're making this big a deal about it because it's not a big deal. So don't do it. It's very easy to not drink. It really is. Even in settings where other people are, it's still easy to not drink because it's not a big deal. And when it comes down to it, I'm just unwilling to open myself up to anything like that because I can't have a renewed mind if I'm altering that mind with substances all the time. Even if I'm not getting drunk, even if I'm just a little buzzed, even if I feel closer to God when I smoke, whatever kind of garbage people are saying all the time. I'm not going to have a renewed mind that's renewed to the word of God if I'm opening it up to the wrong things all the time and putting it under the influence of other substances. Your mind was not be made to be under the influence of anything except the word of God and the Holy Spirit. Your mind can be easily influenced, people. People are so duped by thinking, uh, overestimating the level of control that they have over their mind. When you're choosing to do those things that alter the state of your mind, you are not in control of your mind. You are handing control of your mind over to spirits and beings that uh, don't want anything good for your life, okay? And again, I'm not criticizing people. A lot of people that I love and respect live their life a little bit differently than me, and that's fine, and that's between them and God. But do you hear my heart just to give you wisdom tonight? Because our culture and our society is just drowning in mental health problems and in addiction and in all this stuff, and I don't want you to have an open door in any way whatsoever, I want you to receive deliverance. I want you to be rescued and set free. And I don't want you to mess your mind up over something that's not a big deal. If it's not a big deal, just don't do it, you know. And in closing here, I am going to minister to you guys, but I want to encourage you with this verse here at the end. Romans 6, and 23 says this. This is the good news, okay? But now you found that you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do. Addiction tries to tell you what to do, but listen to me, you don't have to listen to sin to tell you what to do. And you've discovered the delight of listening to God telling you. What a surprise! A wholehearted, put-together life right now, with more and more life on the way. 
work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus, our master. And that's what I'm up here to tell you that no matter what state you feel in right now, God can make you whole and healed and put together. He can fix your life right now. He can send more and more life your way. Uh, And he can give you real life and eternal life because living tied up in something or addicted to something is just absolutely no way to live. If you've experienced that, you know that, that you're not living when you're bound to that kind of stuff. So... I told you guys a million times, this is the safest place to deal with this kind of stuff. So I want to invite the worship team to come up for a minute. And in a minute, I'm going to invite the rest of you to come up if you'd like me to pray for you tonight. If you feel like there's something you just can't shake. Maybe it is something like drugs or alcohol or pornography or sexual things, eating disorders, anything like that. Of course, come up here. But if you also just feel like there's something you can't shake in your mind, or maybe you haven't physically done some of that, but it's been working on your mind, or those thoughts have been moving in your mind, or there's something that it feels like you just can't get through, can't get past can't shake off your life deliverance is available and deliverance again is not weird it means that I can pray for you and God can move to rescue you and set you free and really change you and break that thing off your mind if you have opened yourself up to activities where evil spirits were able to move we can speak to them and they have to leave your life it said evil spirits obey us that's not weird it's not bizarre it's biblical so if some of that has moved in your life tonight that's okay there's help available so I'm not going to ask you what you're up here for. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't need to feel embarrassed to come, but I'm going to go ahead and let the worship team start to sing and give you guys just a minute to respond and come up here. I'm going to worship myself for just a second, and then I would just love to pray for you guys tonight, okay? So come up if you feel like that applies to you. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media. 